Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Good Friends of Jackson Elias. This is the conclusion of our earlier special episode in which Benzer Slamker and I were talking about the role of conspiracy theory in cult-like behaviour online and going through a few modern conspiracy theories to see how all this might inspire some of our more cultish games of Call of Cthulhu and other RPGs. We spent most of the last episode talking about the QAnon phenomenon. This time we're going to dig in a little more, first of all, into QAnon, and then branch out into some other conspiracy theories. You talked earlier about how this was a very large tent movement, and it seems to have incorporated a number of other conspiracy theories. I'm intrigued by the sort of crossover I've seen recently between that and the anti-mask movement. There seems to be an awful lot of overlap going on, uh, or at least COVID denial. I I don't know enough about QAnon to know whether this is the case, but the other sort of big cultish online movement that's fascinated me for a long time is the anti-vax movement, because, uh, yeah, again, it seems to be so incredibly cultish um i'm assuming that there's got to be some overlap between them because if they're incorporating everything there must be but uh, so how how does that work uh it works through a few things uh the the mass denial the covid denial the anti-vax is partially built in because it's a big part of this particular strain of right-wing conspiracy alex jones is a huge Mm. proponent of anti-vaxing he loves it. Right. It's one of his favorites. Uh, Alex Jones is not a cute person. He actually hates them, but tries to court them sort of feebly uh, every now and again because they're too big to be ignored, but they're uncontrolled. Mm. They're a blob. He can't rule it. So he's sort of in a love-hate relationship where he should get it to make more money, but he can't, and he can't be boss, so he does. he gets angry and then pisses them <laughs> off. Also, they call him oh, a Mossad wonderful. agent. The uh, more anti-Semitic <laughs> parts love to call him a Mossad agent in the plant. Oh, yes, my it's, God. it's deeply ironic. <laughs> uh, and uh, yes, anti, it, it comes in from multiple sources. It comes in from this right-wing militia thing where it's uh, both a Christian and the anti-government thing. It's chemtrails. It's peop- the government poisoning you to put you down as an insurgent. And it's also mm. the government as a satanic pawn uh, putting the mark of the beast inside you through injections. Yes. That's an old classic conspiracy. The other end, however, interestingly enough, is QAnon has a large New Age segment. They have a lot of oh. alternative med- medicine incorporated, especially recently, especially with the uh, quarantine lockdowns. A lot of new age people who, you know, are suspicious about vaccines, are sus- suspicious about medicine, are sus- suspicious uh, about 5G, immediately bridge into this. And like we said, they have this love bomb effect, this amplifying effect. Mm. And uh, even if you are, say, a yogi, in Los Angeles, in the Democrat capital. If you are, there's actually one of the newest big organizers was a rapper and just General Ali uh, hopeful uh, who organized their newest rally scale, uh, types, the Save the Children rallies, which is sort oh, of yes. a, a, a bait because it's it's reaches into that very deep well of, well, do you hate the children? Do you want harm to mm. come to the children? No, then you're with us. We love the children. Also, here's the, all this bullshit about what's actually happening. <laughs> yes. Do you disagree? Then you hate the children. What are you doing? And that, that's sort of this very easy club to beat people over the head with. Uh, and, and very yeah, cultish. He, yes, very cultish. And, and it, it moves very well in these mommy blogger circles in, in, a, in yeah. a classically less, uh, these sort of right wing conspiracies don't vibe necessarily quite so well with the, uh, with women on average. But QAnon does. QAnon has a massive female base. 
And especially through these sort of health uh, elements, it's, uh, it's grown uh, significantly. And they also had uh, adherents uh, or at least uh, fellow travelers of the Genesis to Church of Healing, the Bleach Maniacs who believe that drinking bleach oh, yes. and doing other horrible things with bleach to yourself uh, is a good cure. There's also some of those in there. So they, like, they really do take a bit from everywhere and a bit of every mm. group. And through that, through that uh, new age alternative medicine crowd, they also pulled in another huge support pillar of anti-vaccination. It's that mm. idea that they are putting poison into you because there's something that has a compound of mercury in it in uh, mm. a sta- as a standard additive to many vaccines. And that means that you are putting mercury into the children and you're killing them. That, that sort of thing. But um, along those lines, the, one of the, uh, it, it occurred to me that I completely forgot to mention it. And it's actually really relevant to this mm. podcast. One of the okay. big things of uh, QAnon has been the mole children. Oh, Okay, I don't, I don't know what this is, but I like the sound of it. In April, when the uh, there was a massive push towards uh, lockdown relief efforts to New York when the it was hit the worst, mm. uh, there was a, a Navy ship, a Navy hospital ship that was pulled. Oh over. yes, and yeah. uh, there were medical tents in Central Park. Very visible, very large medical tents all over mm. it. And somehow, some point, there was a whisper rumor campaign that grew up into a assumed truth of there being a tunnel network of just these, ma- these massive tunnels and underground bases and whatever under Central Park that housed children. Kidnapped slash born in captivity children that were kept for their various uh, <laughs> nefarious deeds and needs, like adrenochrome, which I don't think we mentioned in detail, but it's it's based on drawing this drug from ch- children's blood, uh, and it's actually based uh, partially. I don't know where it came from before that. I know there was something else, but it uh, is can be tied back to the uh, fear and loading in Las Vegas, the Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, film and novel. Yes, it's a line in there about a Satanist giving, uh, I believe his attorney, a drug uh, about either yeah. blood or filled with adrenochrome or a pineal gland. A little post-episode correction here. Adrenochrome is actually created by the adrenal gland, as we probably should have realized at the time from the name. And uh, it's supposed to be a huge high. In reality, adrenochrome is uh, an oxidization of um, adrenaline. And it happens naturally whenever adrenaline is secreted. And Mm. we don't know what it does. It has a mild effect, but it's apparently very hard to get high from it. And it's a very unpleasant high. So not exactly the super drug giving longevity and youth or whatever. Ben, ben, so you're looking at this wrong. The reason that you, you know people have experienced such horrible highs from it before is because they haven't been using the good stuff that's been taken from children. Uh, yeah, this is this ah, is where it keeps onto something by by taking the adrenochrome <laughs> from children. You know, you're, you're avoiding all those nasty side effects. You're getting the pure stuff. You're, you're drawing their essential fluids. Uh, yes. But yes, uh, and it, and it actually is very much reminded me of the rats in the walls. This underground oh, yeah. complex of uh, people yeah. kept as cattle and, you know, brave explorers going down. And the part that really resonates with Rats in the Walls is that Q, uh, QAnon often holds that this, the truth about all this child sacrificing and horribleness is so awful that it, if fully revealed, it would send 95% of the population into the hospital slash asylum. That it oh, would crack wow. you in half. It would, the revelation would be sanity blasting. And oh, that is very Lovecraftian. It is exceptionally Lovecraftian, yes. And it's, for whatever reason, it was massive for a couple of months and including, there's still some, still, still a fair amount of people believing it, that these children are being rescued and they're gonna, you know, it's it's always people who don't actually know or really care about what happens to traumatized children. So they 
have these weird ideas about, oh, they're going to have like this farm where they're going to run around and be happy or whatever, like infantile notions of what rescuing a child like that is actually like or what it means to the, those people. And yeah, and it was tied into the ship having supposedly not be, not being granted the access to do births or childcare, but having incubators. And obviously that was because there was an entire underground world of, uh, you know, abuse children to rescue. Of course, that's the only possible explanation. Self-evident. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, all of it is like that. All of it is someone has this weird particular idea, it catches on enough, and it spirals out into something that a whole lot of people believe for some reason, because it's addictive. The entirety of QAnon is addictive because... Uh, you're, and it's also ties back again, yet again to the cult mentality, because you are yeah. being preached to partially, and you are being told to go and evangelize people, to awaken other people, and it all comes in little drops, and it gives you this feeling of being having this transcendental secret truth revealed to you as a one of the few. It's almost gnostic combined with how yeah. much it makes reality all of what's happening around you, the media, the, your leaders, your the people around you, the movies uh, you watch and TV and books, all of it is part of this giant prison that these evil mm. people, they, this uh, effectively the demiurge has created to bind you. But you just have to wake up. You just have to see reality. And then you, you are a warrior. And it ties back to a strong Christian evangelist notion. It ties back to a lot of uh, neo-charismatic and dominionist ideas about spiritual warfare. You are yeah. a warrior of light fighting actual, potentially actual or metaphorical demons through preaching and putting, you know, the thoughts out and praying and good vibes. There are actual, very important, very significant uh, influencers of QAnon that are out and out faith healers. There's a person called Praying Medic, who was an EMT turned grifter, who literally, at some point at least, suggested that he could heal you through Twitter. <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's extreme. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, that's, that's probably uh, just as a quick roundup of all the nonsense. Uh, yeah. One of the other, other excellent uh, parts is that they believe JFK Jr., uh, who died in a plane accident, did not actually die. Mm. He faked his death and uh, is waiting in the wings for his good friend, Donald Trump, to clear things up. And, you know, there's even some people who will believe he'll be a surprise VP for Trump in uh, the elections <laughs> of 2020. And there's a number of people who claim or have been bestowed with the concept of being secretly being JFK Jr. They're also all shabby grifters and very <laughs> unlikely to be one of the most prestigious dynasties of the US, or at least most moneyed and influential dynasties. And again, this is one of these things that in isolation is funny. And yeah, laughing at it, I think, you know, gives me a, a nice warm feeling here. And then there is this creeping realization that this is tied in with growing violence and unrest and people turning against each other. And, and, and suddenly it stops being funny anymore. Yes, it's, it's unfortunately, um, there haven't been a lot of fatalities due to QAnon. That is mm. one mercy. There is one confirmed death due to a young man in New York, uh, shooting one of the Italian mob, a mob boss. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. In a supposed vigilante action. Um, but for the most part, it seems that the average follower gets uh gets by on just posting that fulfills that sense of doing something and only the people who are have really crippling mental health issues that go to violence there's been uh in august there was a uh, young woman who supposedly got into some sort of episode where she believed that people who were like driving around near her and cars were human traffickers abducting children and tried to run some people off the road with her car uh, thankfully that got sorted without any, um, fatalities or major injuries, but it's, it always comes very close, very unnervingly close. 
And also touching back upon something you said earlier, it strikes me that you know this whole broad tent approach and the fact that it is this synthesis of all these different uh, conspiracy theories, this accretion of conspiracy theories around one core, is that it is perhaps more than most conspiracy theories and cults appealing to a wide range of people because it really can be presented as almost anything. Yes, it's it's mutable. It, it has a few yeah. core tenets, but even those are negotiable in scale and impact. And it, that's why it's spreading. Apparently, uh, due to the uh, coronavirus lockdown, the early months saw something along the lines of, I think, 700% increase in interest in QAnon. Oh, it is a hell. massive increase because... I f- I, it's, this is not based on any science or uh, research done. It is my personal uh, theory that uh, it's partially just that unease and uncertainty because, mm. you know, even then the authorities, be they political or scientific, were unsure, conveying vague messages that weren't later were then backed up on and made sort of retracted or shifted or it's all, it all was very confusing and uncertain and scary. And in that environment, it was very easy to get into that. That combined with the sudden increased internet use everyone experienced because there was nothing to do, but be mm. on a computer or a screen all day. And, uh, the third part was, I, f- it is my firm belief that there's simply a demographic shift that all the people who might be susceptible to a cult or conspiracy, but were otherwise occupied during most of their days, just, you know, going out, doing people extra work things and talking to people and not being online all the time, were suddenly online all the time. And in view of all this yeah. messaging that affected them that they didn't build up an immunity to, perhaps, by not being participating in that kind of culture. Yeah, that's that's quite chilling. Well, and also, the other aspect that frightens me is the fact that mainstream politicians in the US more and more are embracing this stuff, that you have members of the Republican Party who are actively courting QAnon members and supporters and espousing uh, Q theories uh, just to try to draw these people in. I guess uh, I'm, I'm hoping that most of them aren't true believers that they're doing this cynically to try to take advantage of useful idiots. But I don't know if that's more or less comforting than the idea that the lunatics are beginning to run the asylum. I think it's a mix. I think the establishment Republicans are less likely to believe them. But there are also a number of people who... Got who are congressional hopefuls, who are very mm. much dedicated Q people. One of them actually got uh, invited by Trump specifically to the RNC and the White House. So it, yes. it has it has unfortunately shifted beyond vague gestures that the this base can read as they like into actual gestures that you can't really deny anymore. And it's a very well, it's, it's uncertain, and it can be scary. Uh, hopefully, it is not set in stone that they will be elected, but we'll see. Uh, but to move along to a slightly less depressing topic, back to, uh, yes. back to the funny side of things, I want to talk to you about some religion, some good old-fashioned religion, namely oh, good. the Omega Kingdom Ministry. Uh, the Omega Kingdom Ministry is a neo-charismatic, Dominionist church, which means that it is okay. primarily based around small groups, the ecclesia, the meetings between uh, people, often in like li- li- literal living room settings. Rather, they eschew large church settings for a more personal, small scale culty setting. Uh, and they also have a dominionist uh, leanings, which means that they believe that uh, they're essentially theocratic. They believe yes. that everything should be ruled by Christian sentiments and Christian ideas and Christian laws, including the Ten Commandments and such. Uh, so this was investigated by a uh, man called Mark Andre Argentino. He is a scholar, an actual scholar, of um, online cultures and radicalization. He studied ISIS for a while. 
And then he mm-hmm. moved to QAnon, which as, as we've said, there's a lot of base mechanics that work the same. Whether you want to incite a suicide bomber or a, um, person of, uh, over 50 who wants to, you know, affect government in a weird way. Or someone who wants to go in and shoot up a pizza parlor. <laughs> yes. Thankfully, that man was not actually, he was one of those that went in with the f- certain idea that there was something awful going on. And when he didn't find it, he didn't get weird about it. He didn't get violent. Yeah. He just shot once into uh, a door and I think once into a ceiling. And then thankfully allowed himself to be disarmed without further confrontation. Yeah, it could have been much worse. I believe he's been uh, sentenced to a prison sentence since... Um, but yes, uh, uh, Mark Andre, uh, mm. is a, a student of these things, uh, and he has shifted from Q in general to the Omega Kingdom Ministry in particular, which is a church that dips deep into the QAnon well. They, uh, interpret Bible through QAnon lens and Q through the Bible lens. They almost interchangeably touch on both. And I say neo-charismatic, they are also very into the supernatural. They love it. Okay. Uh, all of it is, uh, they believe that uh, uh, Christians who carry the word, they who are evangel- evangelized to other people, can show miracles of faith, including actual physically witnessable miracles like healing, but also miracles of financial prosperity. So there's. A, oh, for fuck's sake. There's a bit of that in there. Yes. There's a bit of the um, uh, prosperity gospel uh, included in there. And uh, they have, so they have a habit because they, it formed our, uh, around the need of some people for religious service and religious community during lockdown when they were not allowed to go out into their usual communities. So it is a church or ecclesia, I don't believe they would call themselves a church, uh, mm. that preaches over, originally over Zoom. And uh, they have a prayer every uh, every every service. Uh, There's called mm-hmm. equipping the ecclesia. They're on YouTube. Uh, the Q in equipping is capital, just so it's on brand. Of course, it is. Uh, and they have the uh, the speaker, a man called Russ Wag- Wagner, has a habit of uh, starting every session with prayer, and he asks mm-hmm. the Lord to bless the room, in this case, the Zoom room, uh, (laughs) to keep Satan away. Uh, And that leads us to the following lovely little transcript I got from one (laughs) of their more recent prayers. We ask the Father that you protect this room today, that you shield us and cover this, cover over this room with your Holy Spirit. Just hover over it, Lord, and protect each one listening today. Protect our computers, our laptops, our iPhones, our iPads, our everything, Lord. All our devices, the internet, our modems, protect it all. We dedicated it all to you, Jesus, for the sake of your kingdom, and we ask that you protect it today. Jesus is my firewall. Yes, exactly. Jesus doubles duty as both shepherd and firewall in this particular <laughs> denomination. And it is it is possibly the most funny way I, I've seen this manifest uh, in these yeah. communities. I've worked in IT security, and I must admit, I never actually thought to try to bless the equipment. This is clearly where I went wrong. Yes, that, perhaps that's where the uh, those anomalous issues that seem to crop up with IT can be solved. You just have to ask the Lord. The answer was in front of me all the time. I, I do think there's enough calls to a higher power uh, whenever you walk into IT, though. So uh, the, yeah. I don't oh, think it's the, missing... I, I think most IT people I've known have called upon infernal powers, but <laughs> <laughs> show, show me a sysadmin and I'll show you a Satanist waiting to happen. <laughs> this is actually very much a surreal, even comical thing to us, but they take it seriously. It's not a mm, joke oh, yeah, and it's yeah. not even metaphorical. And there's even mm. some, uh, some of the other uh, prayer sessions I've listened to uh, that, very, like most of these charismatic movements, you can just leave the Jesus off of King Jesus and you have a perfect text for your yellow king adventures. 
the call for the Yellow King to establish his throne here with us today and uh, things like that. And just calling it, calling upon him in such weird and specific and physical ways for him to Mm. manifest here with us, through us, is... uh, chilling for an outsider. It's very strange and very, to tie back into some of the discussion on cults, it's very hard to tell some of the difference and where the line is between religion and cult, if there even is one necessarily. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. Especially with this this, uh, technological focus and some of the interpretations of the Yellow King as this mimetic force of uh, a sticky, infectious idea it's perhaps not insane to bless a router to protect from hostile information intrusions of a more supernatural variant. I'm now picturing a Zoom chat room as just being a manifestation of Carcosa, and that <laughs> kind of works. <laughs> the the artifacting, you know, when uh, uh, there's a, this sort of sliding, duplicating artifacting on a video feed could very much mm. be taken as a form of manifestation. Carcosa <laughs> as things sort of slip into fractal on reality for a bit, uh, especially with some chroma issues becoming very yellow <laughs> and very dark all of a sudden. <laughs> and uh, just to jump over to something else, something uh, similarly mm. actually Lovecraftian, uh, Flat Earth, which we sort of pulled up at the oh, yes. top of this discussion. Flat Earth is, I found to be the most Lovecraftian conspiracy and slash cult. Okay. It has, uh, I, I do have a, a, another quote for this here. Uh, but just to recap Flat Earth for anyone blessedly ignorant enough to not be aware <laughs> of it. Flat Earth is, in fact, the notion that the Earth is flat, possibly a mm-hmm. disk in some sort of recessed globe model or perhaps in, in a dome. The point is it's not what other people say it is. That is, in, in actuality, the center of Flat Earth it is a contrarian's conspiracy theory to a fault. This is one that's always fascinated me because I mean, it's not a new one by any means, but it seems to have received a new lease of life in recent years again thanks to social media and i got the impression that certainly until fairly recently the people who bought into it were just sort of either doing it as a joke or yeah like you say contrarians uh, harmless kooks or whatever but in recent years it seems to have grown into something new and really fucking weird Yes, uh, as far as I understand, the actual start of uh, Flat Earth, as we know it, started in the 18th century, I believe, or 19th. Mm. Uh, one of the, th- I believe 19th. Uh, and it isn't even entirely sure that it wasn't a, essentially the 18th or 19th century version of a shitpost. Just something to yeah. rile people up intentionally that some people then took way too seriously. But even then, over the decades, there's been a very small minority of uh, flat earthers and they were often made fun of by everyone and generally mm. not as vicious and offensive and aggressive as they are the version that we know today. And yes, there, yeah. there's been a, I believe there was a Canadian Flatter Society that was in actual actuality a art commune trying to mm-hmm. do some interesting postmodern things to this, you know, obviously nonsensical concept being taken extremely seriously and as well as a general uh, suspicion towards authority and authoritarian narratives as sort of an example that, you know, you don't necessarily know everything, but doing it in an absurd way so that the result doesn't actually cause any issues. You don't actually get people into a different conspiracy. You just use this ridiculous <laughs> one as an example. And similarly, yeah. there were a uh, forum, I believe there were a number of uh, uh, dedicated forums possibly, but there was definitely a practice of playing devil's advocate with flat earth as an exercise yeah. of uh, oratory or rhetoric and just for fun because it's such a ridiculous yeah. idea. And then it became a real thing for some reason uh, around the late 2000, early 2010s. Uh, similarly, during the big social media boom, specifically YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. 
It is uh, actually can be traced back to a handful of people. Uh, one of the biggest names usually mentioned is a man called Mark Sargent, who had a series on Fat Earth, which is uh, credited often by starting a lot of people on their Flat Earth path. But uh, <laughs> similarly to Alex Jones, as we mentioned before, he's often uh, by more radical or new members of the generalized Flat Earth movement called a shill, a, a defense, disinformation agent planted by the government slash adversary forces, or just a fool. <laughs> okay. And yes. Uh, and, and it's similarly... Uh, as a conspiracy theory, uh, it's less about necessarily right-wing rhetoric and flat earth loves to dig into religious basis. It is where uh, mm. a lot of it comes into, but there's a lot of the usual suspects of the unpleasant uh, wings of conspiracy around various bigots, uh, but they're less of a center most for most of it. Uh, the thing that sets Flat Earth, uh, uh, aside for me is how it's, it's in that same camp, uh, as sovereign citizens in that it's, it's almost physically painful to work out. They mm. almost cause a headache through their sort of weird twisted around rhetoric because you know they're wrong, but they change the entire field into such a weird sphere of nonsense that you have no footing to argue with them or at least not in a way that's going to do anything even remotely or suggest anything. And it just becomes a exercise in frustration and futility. There's very yeah. few ex-flat earthers. Yeah. I mean, if someone's beliefs aren't based in reality, then you can't really use evidence to argue them out of them. They are arguably one of the worst for the uh, general tradition of using any and all excuses to say that's not real, that's fake, that's been photoshopped. They do it for almost anything that comes up. They cannot be convinced of a single reality because any single single data point would make the rest of their arguments invalid. And uh, this is something we haven't really touched on, but I think it, it feeds into yeah, every, every aspect of conspiracy theories online these days, which is the rhetorical tricks that people have adopted in the days of social media discourse seem to have become more, I don't know, extreme, uh, more disingenuous, that you know, if there is a logical fallacy or a bad faith argument or you know, a, a, an underhanded rhetorical trick that someone can possibly use, then these people use them and they use them mercilessly, repeatedly. And if you attempt to engage with them, they will generally just beat you into the ground with them. There are some who try, obviously they are not a monolith, even they, a lot of them can't even agree on what shape the non-round earth is. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, the, a lot of them do use that sort of almost like internet trolls, just yeah. being as insufferable and contrarian as humanly possible until you're ju you just go away. And that becomes yeah. their victory because you haven't convinced them otherwise. And unfortunately, that yes. becomes, especially with the modern media structures of trying to hold up two viewpoints or, you know, make it an argument mm. between experts, it makes it seem like they have a point rather than just being insufferable. Yeah. Uh, and the, the thing about, I actually realized this, um, not too long ago, I, I, I generally call what ha what's happening in terms of uh, conspiracy culture and just distrust in authorities and the very active and fueled uh, in, in impossibility to tell what's going on necessarily in social media circles as the breakdown of consensus reality that we can yeah. things that really should that ought to be self-evident or understood as basic things are questioned and made uncertain. And I ask myself, yeah. why this was obviously didn't just happen. Things like these don't just pop out of nowhere. This all has a, a basis, a background. Why didn't we notice it? Where were the warning signs, the red flags? Where, where was the canary in the coal mine for this one? And just a while ago, it occurred to me, it was flat earthers. It was a clearly impossible, nonsensical, 
uh, contrarian mm-hmm. idea about the universe where you have to ignore or deny everything anyone says that apparently a significant number of people adopted seemingly out of nowhere. It just was an idea, it fit, and it made them feel good or important or interesting. And they just stopped They stopped uh, accepting science as it was. And I, I think that that's sort of this, at least a warning sign we probably should have, or at least in retrospect should have picked up on about things deteriorating as social media and, uh, you know, general political uh, climate has uh, degraded and i've heard if if we want to get into some meta conspiracy theories here <laughs> i i have heard theories that gamergate was a test run by maybe cambridge analytica maybe the russian in, internet uh, research agency maybe other um fact, you know, uh, forces out there at um creating an internet movement to see how people could be manipulated and radicalized and so on. Um, and I, yeah, personally, I find that quite believable. Um, though, you know, I haven't seen any concrete evidence. I mean, I, I wonder if that's the case. I mean, if we accept that, and that's a big if, whether perhaps the flat earth movement is a, another example like that, that rather than it being an organic grassroots thing, that perhaps, you know, this was a deliberate attempt to see, you know, how effectively social media could be used to undermine consensus reality. I personally don't like to give those too much credence, or at least in that form, uh, because mm. it takes away, it is in itself, as you mentioned, a meta conspiracy. It's a conspiracy about conspiracies. Yeah. It takes away responsibility and it takes, uh, puts it in the hands of a shadowy, sinister adversary. It is exactly yeah. the same thing. And, yeah. uh, it is my uh, general and just based on how these conspiracies sort of hook into people's psyches, give them what they need. I don't think they are. Artificial, I think they occur naturally, but I would not be surprised if we saw these companies and uh, even government actors do field tests of these uh, potential methods and like uh, almost tactical doctrines for uh, electronic yeah. warfare on these groups. If they fed, fanned the flames and fed fuel into the fire just to see what would happen and how it would play out. I would not be surprised if there was at least some of that in there just because it's, um, it's, it's a fertile field and it's not like people are going to actually think that that was happening. And it's not like this would be the first time a government agency or other power would be doing this sort of thing. We've seen a number of uh, declassified events like the much quoted COINTELPRO of the US, as well as uh, a number of PR agencies uh, actively working to uh, start coups in, for example, South America, just in the service of of, uh, governmental uh, powers and agents, uh, uh, creating the much quoted psyops that would uh, actually change people's minds or at least un- imbalance existing situations that have perhaps were precarious already. That that is uh, entirely true. One of the great promises of the internet age was that it would democratize things, that it would place the tools of transformation and the tools of government and the tools of social change in the hands of ordinary people. And I just wonder whether perhaps what we're seeing in the modern day is that you know, the, the dark side of that, that these tools of, of dirty tricks and, and soft coups and uh, disinformation have also been similarly democratized and that you know, we're just seeing, you know, and like you say, ordinary people perhaps unconsciously or perhaps deliberately using these tools to create havoc. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would say that's very much real. Uh, and we do know that there are already at least foreign powers that have been, uh, well, let's not tie this to any specific because neither of us mm. are American. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. we know that there are, uh, the US did a number of projects that involved uh, covert 
viral, like uh, computer virus payloads that they use to, for example, attack uh, uranium enrichment facilities specifically. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Stuxnet. Yeah, it was stuck. It was it was the Stuxnet virus that was supposedly distributed, created by the Americans, and supposedly distributed by the Mossad in Iran uh, to attack their nuclear enrichment facilities. Yes, supposedly to not destroy, but at least decrease their capabilities, their productivity by tying up resources. Yeah, it was specifically designed to attack, if I remember correctly, the firmware on the centrifuges. Centrifuges, yes. It was uh, that, exactly. Yes, and, and we do know that there are other nations that uh, employ, obviously, large hacker teams, sometimes deniable mm. hacker teams. And there is, even outside of government forces, there are an abundance of bot farms. There are just people mm. as well as uh, you know, train neural networks uh, that people use to push ad campaigns. Even it's uh, not not a big leap to pitch this as an idea of the new new form of warfare to some sort of bigwig and get a project for this. And it doesn't even nest, that's the horrible thing about it. It's it doesn't take away the guilt from the people who did it because honestly, I I, I would imagine mm. the easiest way yeah. to do this is to slightly direct or boost existing conspiracies because cons people have been doing conspiracies have been forming these patterns since there have been people more or less. Uh, it's uh, including real conspiracies and imagined. It's a very, very old thing that uh, we do as part of our pattern recognition uh, in that yeah. we've learned the similarly much reference apophenia, uh, detecting false positives in random in, uh, random sensory or, you know, uh, general mm. input. Uh, the analog that people usually do uh, make for that, the analog, the metaphor people usually use to explain Apophenia is a tiger in the grass. You mm -hmm. are walking down uh, the jungle or the savanna, and uh, there's a noise, a rustling of leaves in a suggestive way. Your brain says, maybe it's a tiger in the grass. Or your brain says, it's just the wind. It's fine. Don't, don't get bent out of shape. If, you, if it's your brain saying it's nothing and it's nothing, cool. Everything's fine. No energy wasted. If your brain says it's nothing and it's a tiger, you're dead. Yeah. If your brain says it's probably a tiger and it's nothing, you got freaked out a bit over nothing. That's fine. If your brain says it's a tiger and it's a tiger, you've got a head start. This means that looking for dangerous and threatening patterns in all around us in random noise is advantageous from an evolutionary perspective. Unfortunately, as with much of evolutionary uh, processes and mechanisms, it does not account for social media and the modern human <laughs> condition. So unfortunately, we see all these patterns all around us. And we actually see it in fiction. Detective fiction is motivates a lot of the same centers. You see these little patterns and you try and put them together and you try and get this revelation of where, where, what the hidden truth is, where, where, who the killer is. That's mm -hmm. a very similar process. And it, it's in horror as well because a lot of horror has cabals and secret societies of uh, villainous mm. uh, Satanists and sorcerers or even just rich people without, uh, you know, amoral rich people. And you, they, they are often the big enemies because they are terrifying. A group of people who are malish, malicious and want something awful to befall you and they have power and they're hidden from you is scary. And also we have the very famous opening of Lovecraft's The Call of Cthulhu, where he talks about the danger of the human brain's ability to piece together all these disparate elements. And, you know, he talks about how that, you know, one day we'll learn too much, you know, go too far from our precious little islands of ignorance and, you know, get glimpses of the world as it will be. And, and that this revelation will send us one day fleeing back to the safety of a new dark age. I actually have that quote written down and specifically, thank you for mentioning it, to tie back into <laughs> Flat Earth because I have a quote from the uh, uh, previously mentioned Mark Sargent 
who <laughs> is a founding member of Modern Flat Earth, who said the following in a 2018 uh, speech at the Canadian Flat Earth Conference. This quote always stuck with me because it, it's one of, again, one of those moments of revelation where you can see where all the dots connect. Um, um, uh, appropriately, ironically enough. Uh, the quote is <laughs> the following. It's uh, generally uh, about how science has you know, uh, taken everything granted and turned into a religion where people blindly believe the results without questioning it. Fairly uh, basic flat earth talking point. Uh, the quote is as follows. To the rest of the scientific community, I come bearing a message. You've taken the fate that people have in your lab coats and you've turned it against them, pushing concepts and products onto the population, which can be harmful or just simply untrue. You've taken what should have been simple observation and twisted them to suit your needs and make us feel small. We're not small and we're not an accident. What is that if not the encapsulation of cosmic horror being small <laughs> and incidental and unimportant? It yes. is a reaction to looking up at this current view of the world where you're on this rock in this giant <laughs> universe that doesn't care about you and where you came out of mi uh, millions of years from this thing that got brewed up in a swamp of hot soup. <laughs> And yes, you, the reaction to that is flat earth, fleeing from the light into the peace and safety of a new dark age where everything makes sense. What you see as flat is flat and God is here and he's perfect and everything is fine. And you just have to defeat the Satanists and globalists and people who tell you all these lies and everything will be fine. Well, I think if there's a takeaway from this discussion we've had is that we are living in an age where conspiracy theories are changing the way we interact with each other, that they're changing the nature of human communications, they're changing politics in ways that we perhaps haven't seen before. And this is frightening. But on the other hand, dear God, is it good material to mine for gaming? So, yeah, swings and roundabouts. It is undoubtedly an excellent material for gaming because... A lot of it is, as you said, it's very satisfying. It's built on being a very satisfying drip feed of clues of figuring things mm. out about a larger horrible enemy, a, a conspiracy that wants horrible things to happen to you, and you have to figure it out and beat them. The entirety of the QAnon uh, notions of the uh, child-eating Democrat secret society reminded me very much of the Laird Barron's uh, story, short story, The Broadsword. That is, The, oh, the yes. Broadsword captures this uh, and partially because of that exact same topic of child-eating horrible monsters, but it captures that sense of grinning malice of these evil people behind the scenes doing awful things. And yes. it is the exact same note that QAnon hits. And it's, it, it's uh, hard to imagine. It was hard to imagine uh, when I read that story that would, it would become a mainstream news headline, something inspired by the very same feelings captured in that story. Uh, and also I would say that the uh, interesting Online modern online conspiracy is a something of a game changer potentially for horror gaming because it entirely reframes the idea of investigation. Uh, mm. You have people who, from a distance, investigate things and look for clues, which could be a hook. You could have a game a scenario hook where the players presumably for a one-shot, but possibly for a campaign framed around this, are conspiracy theorists looking for these sort of little clues and hidden symbols mm. in media and uh, news reports. And that isn't actually all that unfamiliar to horror, uh, as a lot of the uh, government conspiracy horror, like Delta Green and the uh, video game Control, from a more recent example, have a lot of that sense where these government agencies are listening to all media and all news reports and emergency service broadcasts and all that. And they look for these little clues of subtle wrongness and then investigate that. That is very much the exact way the online conspiracy world works, just looking for any thread that they can then pull and try and make connections. 
and it's the exact same mechanisms. But the flip side to that, of course, is that if you want a different kind of horror, you can have investigators who just pull at all these threads, perhaps not knowing what's bullshit, or you know, end up doing completely horrible things because they're being fed misinformation or even disinformation. And I, I think yeah, that is a very real kind of horror that an awful lot of people are just living through for real these days. And uh, yes, if you if you wanted to do a very grim and dark style of horror, you could have them either as um, uh, a background for the player characters, the investigators, or uh, as an uh, antagonist faction, a conspiracy group that reads these conspiracy ideas mm. and then has some sort of sinister figure or power behind it that uses these people who are lost and alone and convinced of one particular idea as almost like guided missiles, suicide attackers. You just have a person get so wrapped up in it that it moves towards violent action. Obviously, this is a very touchy subject. It's a yeah. not entirely dissimilar to making a scenario about an active shooter. It's a very, yeah. very real kind of horror that's very touchy, especially to Americans who are very living it as a tangible next-door thing. On the other hand, it's almost the evil flip side of global frequency. Yes, pretty much. Calling in random people, maybe your neighbor, maybe your uh, you know friendly neighborhood plumber uh, to do some horrible thing, or at least even just a basic act like passing a package along that they don't look into that might have something gooey and breathing. <laughs> The one major issue I've seen with conspiracy is that it's uh, it's similar to that uh, old adage about pornography. I know it when I see it. It has a mm. je ne sais quoi that's hard to capture that exact tone. It's all, it always the right kind of conspiracy always feels almost feverish. There's an intensity to it. And it's uh, difficult to capture in specific details. But I do think if someone manages it, it would be a definitely a memorable game, if nothing else. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the good friends of Jackson Elias. You can find show notes for this episode at blasphemoustomes.com, where you'll also find all our social media presences. We have t-shirts and other merchandising available at our Redbubble store. If you're enjoying this show, please consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash good friends of Jackson Elias. Thank you for listening. Well, thank you very much, Benza, for joining me and for going through all this stuff. I think that is given a lot of juicy information for anyone who really wants to try to draw some of this madness into their games. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> like a conspiracy theorist, I'm always happy to bladder at someone about it. <laughs> Blasphemous tomes. <laughs>